the questions will provoke more questions and discussion. Um, we're here um, for this time of fellowship, and <clears throat> I did most of the talking yesterday. My voice is starting to wear out, so y'all are going to have to do some talking this afternoon. So, uh, um, these are there's not put any particular order. I've tried. I'll see if I can kind of work them together here. Um, First question is, I have gay friends and I treat them and respect them like normal people. I love all my friends. What's your opinion of what I said? Um, <clears throat> related with that is, I have a close friend that is gay. What should I do? Am I still allowed to be their friend? You know, so, um, I think that's I was trying to group them together. Yes. Yeah, but um, I think you can probably tell from the what we shared yesterday. Uh, so you got to walk right through the middle here. What? You going to be moving around? Oh no, I'm just I'm tired. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> <coughs> that way I won't hit those things. Right. Yeah. But. Um, I think as you know from what we shared yesterday and as we've been having some fellowship that uh, it's, well, I appreciated how in this first question the, the friend he says I have some gay friends and I, I respect them as normal people and you know that's uh, that is the attitude that we take uh, that we uh, we're respecting them uh, and we're, we're thankful for the friendships we have and we you know, the challenge we face, uh, and I'm not sure how, <clears throat> you know, with this question, I don't, I don't know how you treat your normal friends. So, so do we treat them as normal people? Uh, I don't know how you treat them, but uh, we need to always come to that place of, um, there's the popular word, the day, the day we're living in, that there's certain boundaries. And you know, we have certain friends, uh, and maybe they're gay. Um and so because of their, um, their, their gay, and I'm going to use at this time, uh, they're, they're ones that are actively practicing homosexuals, uh, not just passive leaning that way. But if they're actively practicing um, their homosexuality, that, that creates a boundary of how close our friendship can be. Uh, because there, there's a... There is a sin there that we need to be aware of. And then this is the same as we said yesterday. If you had somebody that was just sleeping around in a heterosexual relationship, or if you have somebody that's do a friend that's doing drugs, or a friend that's doing alcohol, or whatever, that creates a boundary. And we've got to know that. And particularly with y'all, uh, you're just going to have to get used to the y'all. So... Uh, uh, that are a little bit younger. Uh, one of the challenges you face is not getting in over your head, okay? Because you know, some of your friends that are maybe involved in this, um, they can pull you down. Uh, we have a tendency at times to to think, well, we're Christians and we won't be influenced. There, our friends can pull us down. Okay, we want to pull them up. 
I don't know if any of you have ever heard the, the story or the analogy about, you know, if we brought that table that we had over here and I was standing on the table and I'm pretty good size and I tried to... Now, what's your name? Hmm? That's not a tough question. Uh, what, what is your name? I just couldn't hear you. Emily. If I tried to pull Emily up, it would be pretty hard. And there's a good chance that Emily, even though she's much smaller than me, she would have a better chance of pulling me off of the table than me pulling her up. So there's a, there's a spiritual picture there too. That Sometimes we think we can pull our friends out of sin. But actually if we, get, if we don't know our limitations and our boundaries, they can, we, we can get pulled into it. Uh, and that's what we want to be aware of. Uh, because at times, uh, we've talked about being friends with ones. But also, if the situation becomes where they're becoming more aggressive uh, and even trying to get you to participate in the homosexual activities, there's a time where we also know from Timothy, it says flee from temptations. There's times you just got to get out of there. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you're afraid. You, you, just because you're trying to be a friend to them doesn't mean you have to stay there and be so-called abused with their, with their discussion or what's going on with them. There are times you need to leave. And that leaving might, it might embarrass you. Uh, you might think you're going to be misunderstood. Uh, why can't you stay? We're just... You know, we're just you know enjoying ourselves. Well, there's a that's one of these boundaries uh, that we don't want to get so exposed to, and knowing when to leave and when to when to stay. Um, and so that's um, that's kind of the the part of accepting ones but not participating in their actions. This is, in many ways, what we're trying to share with y'all are some principles, not rules. Because each situation is going to be a little unique. I mean, any, any relationship that you have with anybody, each relationship is unique. And so when you're dealing with ones, this is where you, you just have to have that understanding of, Okay, I need to get out of here, or I can stay and be there. You know, I can stay here. Okay. Have, let me ask: Have y'all? Has any of y'all been in situations that you started to feel uncomfortable around the situation, and you ha- you had to leave, or you were uncomfortable and you weren't sure what to do?
like, what do I do on Sundays? So then I was like, yeah, I go to church, youth group, and then another girl, she comes over, and she, and she, we've been talking a little during this conversation, but she always says, like, my partner, instead of, like, you know, people usually say, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm not really sure what she's, and then we on the topic of LGBTQ um, and stuff, and, like, it's, it wasn't, like, awkward, just very accepting, like, nice group of people, but I could tell there was, like, a weird, like, conversational constipation there, because it's, like, we're talking about two things that have very historically been at odds with each other, and we kind of just, like, we just, like, stopped and talked to other people. Um, so nothing, like, bad came out of it, but it certainly was a little, like, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it seems like what you did was a, a lot of times, the problem that ha- happens to us a lot of times is when we find ourselves in a situation of not knowing what to say, instead of having our constipation, we have diarrhea. And we start just <laughs> babbling and saying everything. It's good you shut up, and that was good. <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's best just to stop, because you will start going on forever, and <laughs> no matter what you say. So thank you for the picture there. <laughs> question here. Um, This is somewhat, I don't have any gay friends in school, uh, so if the Lord were to put someone like that in my life, how should I approach them? I know there is a boundary, or sometimes it seems like a very fine line. How to love, but have that boundary that says, I'm not for this. Uh, Can Christians associate with gays, transgenders, and should the Christians declare their stance on their opposition toward them or stay silent until asked on their opinion? Yeah. 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 Um, I'll ask y'all, based on what we've been saying, well, how would you answer that question? I don't have any gay friends in school, so if the Lord were to put someone like that in my life, how should I approach them? I've not put someone like that in my life. How should I approach them? Hello. How are you? I mean... I don't really quite understand how should I approach them. Someone should put... I mean, you don't have to be any different than anybody else that walks by you, right? I mean, it's not like you have to say, are you gay? Or (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just... I know that there is a boundary, but sometimes it seems like a very fine line. Yes? 
It is. How to love but have that boundary that says, I am not for this. I think that's <clears throat> it's important that like we've said to, to be in that right place. And if somebody says comes up to you and says, "Hi, I'm gay," and I say, "Hi, I'm straight." <laughs> okay. So what's the what's the di- what's the, okay? You're the gay. I'm straight. Okay. What's the next step? Uh, uh, they kind of go, uh, "Well, uh, you." Yeah. But no, uh, it's it's trying to uh, just not be such a you know. Hi, I'm gay. I'm straight. How was your morning? <laughs> Did you have a good day? I mean, it's just it's showing, it's trying to establish a personal relationship and trying to defeat. We don't want to get into confrontations with people, uh, and so you're trying to um, diffuse and show them that you you care about them, um, and all that we're really asking of when we're trying to maintain a relationship is that they would show the same respect to us that they're uh, wanting us to show to them. You know, we have, they're, they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm this way. And I said, we can say, okay, I can accept you as a friend and we're classmates uh, even though I don't agree with you. Um, but, okay. I think we're making it more complicated than it has to be. Just just on that particular question, uh, you you just have to take it as it comes along. I mean, it's kind of hard to say how you're supposed to handle every... uh, um, Because it is like a hypothetical uh, question. Uh, Just just be normal. and you don't, I mean, you don't immediately say, they say, I'm gay, and you say, well, I'm not, we're gay, I'm, I don't believe in gays. I'm, how do you know what you're going to say? How do, you, how do you know how you're going to respond? Uh, like that song we sing, may the fragrance of Jesus be in me. May there be some fragrance about you that would, maybe you not have to say anything at that moment. I, I don't really exactly. Could anybody else? Do you have any thoughts on how you might could help someone who wrote this uh, question? Uh, I mean, I, it's I, another question. I, I have another question that sort of like builds on it. Um, you know, we're it's talking about a fine line between showing love and then line showing how you know we have a stance against. I guess how does isn't there a point where if you if you're like showing a lot of love, you know, you're, you care about this person, you respect them for the person, uh, that they sort of take that as oh, you condone know, you know, because you're showing love and you respect. Hey, maybe this person is uh, my friend. Maybe he agrees with. Like I, I think a follow-up question, I guess, would be when 
when does the conversation about you know, where we stand sort of stop? Yeah, I, I don't think I can. I can't answer that. Right. Well, I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of that will go, uh, and it, it gets beyond just the this aspect of it. It gets into like going out. Um, clubbing or drinking or whatever. It's like once they, okay, so that maybe they have an impression that you're accepting of them. If that's their impression, you know, uh, approving of them, I should say. But if they take that other step and say, hey, we're having this party tonight, would you like to come? Uh, that's when we say, I can't participate in that. It's like if somebody asks you to go out drinking, uh, you know, I can't go, I can't do this. Or if they want you to go to a certain uh, type of club or whatever. Uh, it's once they try to engage us in that activity, that's where we have to say no. Uh, and you know, maybe they would say, well, gee, I, I, I thought you uh, approved of this. And I said, well, no, I really don't. But um, uh, as you've seen over the months, uh, we've been able to be friends and I've accepted you, uh, but I don't necessarily approve of that. In, in one way, I, I, I appreciate the person asking this question, but here again, sometimes we can approach these things based on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. Um, I mean, you can't figure out every every way, every action you're going to take or every thing you're going to say. If, if we're abiding in Christ and having that personal, intimate relationship with the Lord as we encounter these things in our daily life, life will show us what what to say, what to do, how to handle things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, in my, my experience, like if the Lord does put someone in your life Is, uh, these couple of questions um, carry a little bit further. What do I do if you, what do I what no what do you do? What do you do if your friends try to persuade you to become gay or bisexual, even though they know you're a Christian? How do I react to a friend or someone who's pressuring me to be gay, and how should I be a testimony to them? You know now, when somebody is, is actively uh, Trying to engage you, or to—that's the time. Uh, if you can, it's—it's it's like with any sexual advance. The first word is no. Yeah, and if people will honor that, 
and respect it, um, that should end it. You can say, no, I'm not going to participate in this because I don't, I don't think it's right. So we, it doesn't matter whether it's this, that doesn't matter if it's um, a homosexual or, he, or heterosexual relationship. Uh, it's matter, the first word is no, and then if they don't, if they continue pushing the situation, then that's the time to get out of there and to flee. As it says, flee the temptation. Uh, so it's you know, sometimes if you tell people no, they stop and they say, okay, I know the boundary now. I know, I know where our relationship stands, and so you, you still have a relationship. Others, others don't listen to the note, and they, they want to keep pushing on. So um, it's the same. Many of these things are the same. You'll find the more as you look into this, you find that the, this LGBT thing isn't really unique from from other sins that we were confronted with uh, in life. Like, what would you do if your friends tried to persuade you to use um, cocaine? What would you do? I mean, you know, it's yes, sir. Sometimes you you don't know that until the convert somebody can ask a question and it might seem innocent you might engage but then you see their reaction and they're starting this debate and then that's just we back off you know um, but I know what what you're saying um, and one of the things that does get confusing within Christianity is the um, many Christians accept it yeah. uh, and that does that creates an element of confusion well. How, 
how come this church and this church and all these people, they accept all this? Why, why don't you accept it? Uh, and that's why we, we try to just say this is what... And depending on who's asking the question uh, depends on how far we go with the answer. If they, it's a genuine question, uh, we can say, well, based on the Scripture, such as we don't believe, I don't believe this is right. Uh, and others, we just, they said, that's, that's our belief. That's my belief. Uh, so, uh, and it's, a, it's the same way, again, uh, to compare it otherwise. There's great, there's a lot of thought within Christianity on how much you can drink. You know, and you go in the deep south, you don't drink anything. You know, some people say, oh, we can just have one drink. Some people say, well, I drink until I start feeling a little buzz. It's like, okay, where, you know, uh, how do you say what is, uh, that's where, you know, there's a, there's a muddled area there in Christianity. Uh, and it's, that's, that's one of the tragedies because so much of the debate that we so much of the serious debates that we get into are with other believers a lot of times it's not the world that you know they say okay you're Christian you believe that but it's the other Christians who feel like they have this understanding of love and this and that that where we've really got to know why we believe this and to be able to stand against it Did you want to say something? Do you have something to say about that? I mean, well, I just want to. I just thought I could highlight a, a, a situation that I feel like, especially those in college right now, probably experiencing. Um, I don't know if you uh, heard, but you know Richard Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last year they they came, so you know the story. They came out with an updated policy that spoke oh, yeah. about that, that they that they solidified their stance about. Homosexuality that, you know, a lot of articles are sort of kind of like maybe misquoting them or not, but it seems to direct saying that they were going, they were asking their employees, so basically those that are on staff, to uh, outright express their views so that they can work out some sort of, they call it involuntary determination, but they weren't being outright fired, but it was sort of like, well, you, you understand that your views differ from our. You know, not corporate, but you know, this is their 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 policies are based on scripture, right? So this is this is our view that we expect our our employees to follow, you know, to believe in, and you know, so so there was a big uh, from from that policy and everything that happened. A lot of people, a lot of staff workers had to leave, or or, were forced. I don't know. I don't want to say they were forced to leave, but certainly they were not. They were put in a position that they can't stay. Let's just say that. And I. So obviously I'm not in college anymore. So I'm not, I wasn't. I know I was part of university, but I'm not obviously part of it anymore. But I I still have friends that are that are doing that are still serving and doing this. And so I, I, I was I found on Facebook. So there was a there there was a brother. You know I don't know this person. I don't know this brother. But he professed. He is a homo. He says he's a homosexual, and he was he was on staff on university. 
And when everything happened, you made this big post, and everybody felt there was a big upheaval, you know, and especially among Thomas Christians, this was a big deal. Because you saw the divide there, because of this issue. People were, some were standing, you know, saying, oh, you know, we're, we're for what university did. Some were really upset about what they did. You know, a lot of things. And, and, but I guess my question is, it's just, you know, there, there, there is this brother who said he's gay. I don't know, I'm just only basing it based on, like, what people tell me, but he seems to have, he, to me it sounds like he's had a personal experience with the Lord, you know, that from his, from his point of view, like, is it, he's accepted, whatever his lifestyle is. And that seems to be, I'm sad, I mean, it's an immediate sad to say, but that seems to be kind of the norm. We know that the numbers of those Christians who accept Christianity, especially amongst young people, is going up. And that's just the environment that they are going to live in today. And, and so, like, last week, last, yesterday, you, you, you addressed, you know, how do we relate to unbelievers? How do we relate to um, those that were homosexuals and now became Christians? But now, I guess it's like, how do we relate to Christians that really think that it is okay? Like, this is, that's their lifestyle. And this could be a serving brother that's like next to you now. And, you know, he, you know, in the varsity, he came out, but I could have been in that position where I was serving with him, and then I found out he's dead. I don't know. That just seems to be. No. Actually, there's several questions on that. So let me, that'll be question one, and I'm going to read these other questions, and we'll get into that. How do I address homosexuality to a Christian who knew and accepted Jesus for a long time and came out as gay? Okay. Uh, how do you associate with Christians who are gay? Is it wrong even if they don't act upon it? How is it possible? Is it okay to believe in God when you're gay? Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, this is some of the, uh, just in the, the various words that have been used, uh, you've been homosexual, gay, this and that. This is where we have to have an understanding of what people are saying. Like if this brother comes out and says, I'm a homosexual and I love Jesus. Well, there's a distinction uh, between being a practicing homosexual and person who is gay or says they're homosexual but does not act upon that and only has an attraction it's called same-sex attraction. Okay. Um, the ones that act upon the temptation uh, are living in sin. Okay. And that would be and that's not prejudicial against homosexuals. That is also would include a heterosexual if you had a young man on InterVarsity who said, I'm heterosexual, I'm sleeping around with all these women, you know, you have to accept me. What's the difference in that and one saying, I'm homosexual, I'm sleeping around with all these men? Not a lot of difference. I mean, we wouldn't let the person serve. Okay? But if you have a single young man who says, in my, at times I feel tempted with all these women around, but I don't act on it. Is the same as I'm as one who has the homosexual thing. It says I feel sometimes I feel tempted toward these men, but I don't act upon it. They're, they're living that celibate life and allowing the Lord to meet them. So we have to first draw a line between ones that are actively practicing the homosexuality, you know, 
which is sin. That's just that's it. And then those that are living a celibate life. Okay. Um, and those that are living a celibate life, uh, once when we're talking about believers now, uh, it is like uh, again I, I keep comparing it to everybody else, but like you had the alcoholic who gets saved. Okay. Now he's he's still most alcoholics their whole life they will have that temptation within them. They have to stay away from it. They've learned how to control and deny that temptation. Um, and, and so, those that... Yeah, we have a brother in our, in our fellowship in Richmond. Uh, and he's an alcoholic. He, he works with recovering alcoholics. He works with alcoholics. And, uh, and so, we see... Uh, he just... Uh, he knows... He cannot get close to um, alcohol uh, at all. I, I shared yesterday at some time about my gambling, and I, I stay away from that. Uh, so it's it's a matter of if they're living a you know if this brother uh, and you can be a genuine believer, ones that know Jesus Christ, and some can be actively practicing homosexuals, and some can be celibate. Yeah. Like, there's this brother um, at my college campus. He has yet to come out as gay, but the reason why he's not in a relationship is because no one has really like come across. Like, he hasn't found the one yet. I guess yeah, he's looking. Yeah. yeah. So, what's that exactly? Well, to me, if he's actively looking, he's yielding to the temptation. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just because it hasn't. You know that. That you know, maybe the sin hasn't come to full fruition, but if we look at um, in the Sermon on the Mount about the condition of your heart of lusting after something, the Sermon on the Mount when it's talking about in our heart, it's gone from just the temptation to desiring things uh, with it from the heart. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of. I mean, it's yeah. Very difficult. It's, it's difficult, and like we said, just because they're Christians, that complicates it. But, and I think actually, this is one of the things that local assemblies are going to have to face. Okay, in a very real way, we have a you have a homosexual friend. They come to the Lord, they get saved, uh, and maybe they as, as they're working out the, the their salvation, the sanctification. We talked to yesterday how it, it's a process. We're not instantly changed, all of us. And so, if they're living a celibate life, desiring to follow the Lord, do we let that person serve in the local assembly? Okay. Um, if you had again, if you had a person who was, you know, running around sleeping, you know, a guy sleeping with gals, and he gets saved, uh, but he doesn't, he, he lives a celibate life. Do we let them serve? Most of the time, we do. Yeah. So we. There's a, there's a learning in the assembly of how to uh, handle. handle these specific situations. And I think each one, and that's why I don't think we can come up with rules. We need to ha understand the principles and look mm -hmm. at each situation uh, distinctively. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and that's where a lot of times in some of these conversations, particularly, you know, like, if you're among if 
different Christians are wanting you to engage that, don't feel intimidated that you have to have an answer. And say, you know, I don't understand all that, but I believe this. And this is what the Lord's touched my heart at right now. This is where I don't try to get into a theological debate. Don't <laughs> you'll you know, you'll get out argued. Uh, so. so there there can be some Christians um, that are what we call in the question non practicing. And yes. It's okay to believe in God if you're gay. He wants us to believe in. Okay, what? You. What what are you thinking? What are you... But then they don't like strengthen that, and they don't like ask for forgiveness. So they, would they still be? <coughs> yeah. No, it's a good question, it, it, and that's one that we have to to consider. Is okay. You you have a, a homosexual who's been practicing, and they get saved, and they start walking very. <laughs> excuse the phrase, straight and narrow way. Uh, <laughs> it takes on new meanings, doesn't it, all of a sudden. Uh, but, okay, but maybe after a while, they lapse back and they sin. They, they fall into a homosexual, rate, you know, and then, okay, they've got a choice there. Do they, they repent uh, and allow the Lord to forgive them? continue on or do they just give up well, either way if they're saved they're saved and our sin can't separate us nothing can separate us from the love of God not even our sins okay they might they're not in good standing before the Lord and it, it hinders their fellowship and relationship with the Lord but they're still saved you know, our actions aren't going to undo our salvation you know, they will, depending on your theology of the future, on outer darkness and judgment, wherever all that discipline is going to come, you know, they'll be taken care of. But they're still saved. Uh, and we will both, and so then we have a desire, just like I'll use the other example of the, the person that was an alcoholic. Maybe after they get saved, they don't drink for a while. But maybe something happens, they get depressed, and they, they get drunk one night. We try to come alongside them and restore them and bring them back. And this is where um, it gets, it can get, I, I use the term, kind of dirty. Because uh, I've had to come alongside uh, some young men who, uh, some involved in pornography, and they would fall back into that. Some who were involved in um, uh, extra marital relationships from their wife and they were separated from their wife and you have to come and try to it's like you have to walk into a, I was going to say pig trough but most of y'all wouldn't know what that is 
you, you walk into this muddy thing, muddy swamp, to pick somebody up and to walk with them out of it. And it's not that you get the, their sin on you, but they they've gotten dirt, they've gotten soiled, and you get your hands get dirty uh, as you pick them up and help them and, and come back. Uh, and you feel you feel dirty, and you have to pray the Lord to, to cleanse you. To, you not fall, yeah, huh? And protect you. And protect you from it. And because one of the questions, uh, it was a good question. It, it came in. Uh, uh, I heard that some brothers reach out to alcoholics and try to help them, but then they became alcoholic themselves. <laughs> could it possible happen to us? Not just alcohol, could other addictions and sins? How can we avoid it? The answer is yes. If we're not careful in dealing with any of these things, whether you're talking about with any kind of dealing specifically with anybody in sin, we can fall into that trap. That's why we need to, as we've always said, got to have that firm personal relationship with the Lord and really know from the Lord that you're supposed to be involved with this person's life. Uh, and realize, recognize real quick when you're starting to sense you're getting over your head and it's, it's beyond you. Um, because it, the enemy is out there to, that would love to pick you off. You know? I mean, it's very simple. Like, um, there, there are certain things that in, in counseling and meeting with people, uh, I never meet with a sister alone. Okay, Stella would never meet with a brother alone. It's just the appearance of that somebody that's in, in trouble and a, another a man and a woman meeting alone for counseling is not a good environment. Okay, So we don't do that. And most brothers and sisters we know, you don't do it. I'm, if I'm going to meet with a sister, I'll have Stella with me. If she's not available, I have another brother. Two of us will go. Uh, if Stella's meeting with, needs to meet with a, a brother or something, she will have either myself or another brother. Another, there's always a couple of people go because it, you can fall into that that temptation. Uh, and so yeah, I think that's what I just I just feel like you all don't need to. I don't know how to say it. You don't need to take this on. I, can you help me? Yeah, okay. yeah. There's a there's a there's a becoming aware of this. But also realizing um, where we are in the Lord. And is, is the Lord really calling you at your age to take this on? Because this is a huge satanic. satanic battle, a spiritual battle going on. And so really it's just, for some of the younger ones in particular, it's just learning how to almost avoid some, to avoid and walk wisely and stay up. Some of the older ones who have some years in the Lord, Maybe they could they, they might get involved with ones to, to be of a help. Or, you know, there was a sister here yesterday from Manhattan, uh, Lisa. I don't know if any of you know her, but she actually works with a group in Manhattan that does counseling for people that are desiring for ones that have gotten saved and desiring to come out of the LGBT community. There, there's a handful. There's an older sister there, and you know, so they there, there's plenty of help for ones that we see that want help. There's plenty of resources out there, uh, and we can plug them into that. 
So like a couple of weeks ago, there was this post on Humans of New York, and there's this guy. Um, like I can read the post right here. It's kind of okay. long. Um, he said, I call them clobber verses. There are six of them. They're the verses that get used to hammer gay people. Yeah. The funny thing is that I never felt pressured by God himself, only his followers. And then he keeps on saying, but I desperately wanted God to change me. I didn't want to be part of a group with so much shame attached to it. So I started praying in my 20s for God to make me straight. If I could have gotten a pill, I would have. I joined the ministry. I got married. I told my wife that I had experiences with men. But I convinced both of us that I could choose to be different. And then he kept on saying, I wanted to be normal, I wanted kids, I thought it was even a matter of commitment. I even tried to take reparative therapy classes just to show her I was serious. And then he keeps going and going, and then the last line, he was like, but after some time, I finally realized why he wouldn't change me, he never felt like he needed to be. And then all, a lot of the friends from my school, and also from my Christian fellowship at school, liked this post. Well, see, and that shows the, the lack of understanding in Christianity of what God desires to do in our life. God has absolutely no interest in changing or reforming us. You know, our old man dies. He doesn't try to take our old nature and fix it up. You know, as he says, that's that's how it was. Yeah. And and he's deceived to think God was happy with him. God did accept him as he was, yes. Uh, but God, He's not in the reforming business. He's in the transforming business. It's a new life in us. You know, Out of we, one kingdom <coughs> into another kingdom. Yeah. And it's one of the weaknesses among uh, about the, so much of the gospel that is preached today is there's so much... Um, there's a gospel out there almost on self-improvement. And that's a false gospel. Because it really, we can't improve self. Um, and, so that, and, so, and so, like you say, um, people see that, it, it can sound so nice. And sound, oh, yes. But, um, it's almost like that sentimentality. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, it's so sentimental. Yeah. So, but but it's, it's just wrong. And that's where we need to. No. To, you know, really pray and know God's word, and, and he's because he's right. Yeah. Many believers have taken those six verses that I shared and beat people with it. We haven't handled that very well. And generally, as Christians, we have done a poor job of relating to this particular group of, of people. We presented, we haven't presented the love of God. We've presented how much God hates the sinner, and. Instead of showing a compassionate God, we've seen you know the one with the sledgehammer who just wants to kill him, and, and that's tragic. Uh, and I think whenever we, if you even if you run into people that bring that up, you can just agree with them and say you're right. You know, Christians in general have, have really misrepresented God. And let, and let me tell you the one I know: how much He loves me and He loves you. So. Many believers have made many mistakes, um, and it opens the door for, for one, things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's where, you know, and there's a little phrase in the scripture that, that <laughs> I've been enjoying lately. It, it says, I only see in part. You know, God's the only one that really sees everything clear. 
We just we always we only see a part of any story, um, and we don't really know what's going on in people's lives. Uh, we can look outwardly, but he sees and he knows, and he knows exactly what they need. Um, and we just try to be sensitive to him that we can uh, we can be a help and not a hindrance, and that we not ourselves and get get beyond our means and get taken out by it. Couple another little happy topic here. Um, <clears throat> uh, what do you say when someone asks you, "Why don't you support gay marriage?" Is it okay to support gay marriage as a Christian? I know homosexuality is a sin, but shouldn't gay people have equal rights? Um, Yeah, that's the two on the marriage. Okay. Um, and in one sense, the, the question here, I know homosexuality is sin, but shouldn't gay people have equal rights? Well, according to the law of the land, they should. Yeah. So according to this country and all the laws out there, they're entitled to equal rights. But we're, dealing, we're not dealing uh, within Christianity on the laws of this land. We're dealing with God's law and God's standard, uh, and we're all. Uh, you know, we, we talked yesterday about, in God's eyes, what is marriage. Okay, and it's very clear in the Scripture that God's uh, idea for marriage is between a man and a woman, and it's repeated numerous times. Uh, and many people will challenge that, and it gets confusing because many churches. Um, practice that um, and again it's one of those questions if people ask you you've got to discern why are they really asking or else you just end up in an argument um, but it's um, to us it's, a, it's something simple but it's gotten so complicated now and and we don't have to defend God. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. uh, God's ways, God's standard. He, he's, he's able to defend himself. You don't always have to have an answer. We've already said that. But don't feel like you have to defend God. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. actually came out as a poor Christian testimony. Uh, when she took the job, she swore to uphold the laws of the county that she worked for. And so it, it, when that situation arose, she had a choice. She had a choice of either signing that certificate 
or resigning her job. You know, that was to me the only choice. I don't. I didn't think it was some great Christian testimony to. She broke the law just as much. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, many people applauded her, but uh, I, I felt it actually presented Christianity in a, uh, a weak condition and a, a not caring condition. And it was just um, if she had, if it really meant that much to her, she should have just resigned. And I think that would have spoken volumes to give up your job. Uh, that would have been a lot more effective testimony on the sincerity of your heart uh, of what it means. And it's the same way um, <clears throat> and we find ourselves in, in a work situation now or a school situation um, and that, the questions that deal with transgender. What do you, how do you call these people? <laughs> what do you call them? Okay, if you work for you know, like if you work for a certain company or government and says, okay, you have to call these people that are he's, you have to call them she's. If that's the law or the rule of your company, um, and if you can't do that from a conscience standpoint, then you have to resign. That's it. I mean, either comply or we resign. Sometimes it's it's optional. Sometimes as a transgender, it's just uh, personal preference. I want you to do that. Well, you can want all you want. <laughs> um, but uh, that and actually, that's one of the questions we had was um, um, how do we uh, how do we refer to transgender people? Okay. Oh. Okay. What time are we supposed to be? Okay, okay. I didn't know if it was like stolen time or something. Okay. okay. Right. Everybody to school, eh? Bye. Oh, okay. Bye. 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 Rest in the Lord. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. You know, the, the, the transgender question of how you address uh, you know, people, he or she, or, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, and as I would, and I've actually, uh, I, I don't have that much, some of this other stuff we've got a little more experience on. I don't have a lot of practical experience of dealing with the transgender. So we've been looking into it also. Uh, and trying to find a way. Um, and as I've looked at some brothers that I respect, there's a brother named John Piper and some other, uh, Tim Keller in, in Manhattan. And they, were, they, they draw a distinction and nobody has a, nobody's comfortable to say, this is the way Christians should respond to this. Every, this is something everybody's walking through. Okay. And what many uh, try to draw a distinction between using he and she, okay, which is your gender that God gave you, as compared to the, your name which your parents gave you. Okay? Your parents, when they gave you a certain name, I mean, people are named um, after automobiles, they're named after ships, they're named after planets, I mean, they're, they're named after animals, people... Names are, are just very arbitrary. Okay, 
So what some are saying is when possible, if somebody wants you to address them as in a certain name, try to stick, if you have to do it, if you have it, sometimes you have to uh, in your job situation or school situation, just try to use the formal name. Okay. Uh, I'm not totally comfortable with that, but that's just the thought. It was interesting, uh, they interviewed um, Vice President Pence uh, this past weekend, and they were asking him about the private Manning's um, pardon and clemency that Obama granted to this transgender person who had been in prison for leaking documents to WikiLeaks. And the, 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 the news people were referring to him as a he and a she, and, and they asked uh, uh, Pence what he thought of this. And Pence, I don't know if you know, but he's, he's a very strong Christian. Uh, very, he, he's very dedicated to the Lord. And he answered in such a way, I thought he, he always referred to the person as, as Private Manning. That was their title. Okay. Private Manning you know, should not have been pardoned. Private Manning did this. It was like he, he, he was cautious. He was never going to use he or she. It was actually kind of a funny sounding interview because he used, kept using this person's name where you would have to usually you say the name the first time and then you just use the pronoun after that. He said, Private Manning did and Private Manning and Private Manning. <laughs> it was like he was ready for it. But that was able, that was a way that he didn't have to uh, acknowledge or even contradict what this person says they are. Uh, so, you know, in your schools, I don't know if, if some schools require it. If a person is going by this, then we've got to comply with this. But, you know, now they're even coming up with, um, what is it called? Um, gender neutral pronouns. You know, they or they. they have, they've, they've got all these different ones being invented. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> But it is. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, one of the things that, uh, in a very practical way, uh, if, when people, uh, if, they, if it's a transgender person puts this on you all of a sudden, or somebody comes out gay, one of the things that we can just say simply too is that you have been, you've had a lot of time in your life to process this and to go through this. And you're just now hitting me with this cold. And I really haven't had time to, to process what you're even saying. And would you give me time to you know, be considering all that you've shared with me? And, and not, not to say that you're going to... Don't give me time to change my mind. That's not what you're asking. But you're just trying, okay, how do I respond? And this person's right in my face. And if you don't know how to respond, just say... I don't really know how to handle this right now. Uh, this is new to me. Uh, and so I don't... It, it's, um, it's it's an awkward situation that there's not... You know,
Whatever they're doing. Whatever that word is. Yeah. Um, and then, but what about companies that very clearly, you know, and my brother was showing me, you know, ADP, an HR company, which everybody is going to get a paycheck and probably going to ADP, they have LBGTQ celebration day, and they encourage their I think one of the things you know, we used to be able to, as soon as you finished the school, you just you were looking for any job you could get, just get a job. And but I, I think now, as believers, uh, particularly with the, the larger companies like the ones you were mentioning, um, we have to a- even ask a question during the interview process: of Do you have what's called a conscience clause in your with your company? And many companies nowadays, they still have a conscious clause that if some, some of their uh, policies go against your conscience, you are exempt from that. It was that the clauses were in there for other reasons, other people in the past. Uh, but now they're, so they're still there. And so it, it does enable you to not have to participate 
in the LGBT activities of, of the company. Um, but yeah, they um, yeah, the company itself is still going to be very active in all that stuff. So I think it's we're going to you're going we're going to have to be um, asking some new questions of things when we're looking for jobs that we maybe didn't have to think about in the past. Now from the school of what a lot of people are doing are doing homeschooling. Um, and you know, you know we've got like in Richmond about the, the kids, half the kids. Uh, over half the kids are homeschooled. And, um, yeah, but um, that's the a lot of the alternative for some of them go to go to private Christian schools. So, so that's um, it's tough, the, the school alternatives are, are some and some of the universities. Uh, uh, there's certain there's a place in Virginia called Patrick Henry University, and that's where homeschoolers go to university. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a school, and it's accredited and all that, and they. Uh, but no, I, Ezra, I'm probably like you. I probably have more questions than answers. And it's, but I think what it's showing us is that we need to at least be considering these things. I think when we're going into a job, uh, we need to be considering, okay, what all is going to be involved here? And what am I going to be exposed to? Uh, and what's going to be required of me? What am I... We've got uh, uh, there's two uh, brothers. I don't know if any of you've ever met them at a conference. Uh, there's Joel and Jeremy Eklund from Concord, California, and they both teach in the um, California's public school systems. And they have uh, every school has the LGBT day. You know, they're a teacher there, and so they have to so-called participate. Um, they so far, you know, you're supposed to wear the your rainbow colors, uh, but they don't, and they haven't gotten in trouble yet. And the school asks them to wear the colors, and they don't. So, but yeah, I mean, we, we're going to find ourselves in that type of situation, um, and I'm glad I'm 70 years old. <laughs> There's some benefits to being old. <laughs> We've been through, yeah. Of course, we did get through different other things, but uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of questions out there. So, and I think that's one of the, the blessings of having fellowship and, and asking questions and really finding uh, finding the Lord's way in it. Uh, yeah. it, it. It will become, and the sad, you know, I wish I could be encouraging, but it's only going to get more and more challenging as the days go ahead. It's not like it's, oh, everything, you know. Don't think that Trump is going to be our salvation. Our Lord is our salvation. And he is the one. I'm sorry to pop your bubble there. Oh, no, I I think we've got pretty much all these. Uh,
say they were born that way. My mother's side of the family, my father's side of the family. 
that we know of that is gay. You know, so what's the deal? So I, you know, what satisfies my heart is what he chose to be. He didn't have to choose to be, but he did because he was. You get me over here. <laughs> he he had. What do you say? Effeminate. Effeminate. Manners. Manners. And guys made fun of him. My brothers made fun of him. But in the gay community, he was accepted. I don't know why he had. I have my ideas. I'm not going to get into it, why he had a feminine characteristics. But, you know, some of these things we don't have answers for. and But we know they're not of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? We know they're not of the Lord. And I, you know, why somebody would want to change their, be a transgender beyond me? But it's out there. Yeah. <coughs> and I don't have to go out in the workplace. I've finished college, I've finished work. <laughs> And my heart goes out to you. <laughs> I pray for you. Any other questions for me? I mean, it's a sick society, isn't it? The fall of man is, I mean, it's just, you just see the depths of it more and more and more. The corruption of of man is just coming out. Just the fullness of iniquity is upon us. It's it, it's just that's the answer. It's just the fall of man is corrupt, perverse uh, against God, and it just comes out in so many different ways. Let's just pray and close. Lord, we are thankful for this time. And uh, the more we go along, uh, just as we said, it seems like we have more questions than answers. But Lord, we're thankful we have you. And Lord, we're thankful we can come and um, just pray for one another. I I do pray for these dear ones here. That is, they are in the midst of um, this horrific battle that's going on in the culture through schools and work that you would really keep them. Uh, Lord, I pray that ones would be kept by you. You would give them your wisdom on um, how to handle situations that arise. And you would protect them, Lord. Defend them from the enemy. Defend them from this onslaught. Uh, and allow them to be um, a wonderful witness and a testimony unto you, Lord. Lord, we're, we're thankful that we have one another. We can pray for one another. We can walk with one another. But above all, we're thankful that we have you that goes before us. And we we look to you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, it was really nice to be able to be with you all this weekend. Uh, Thank you for taking the time out yesterday and this afternoon.